We are downtown. We are historic. We are family. We are scriptural. We are First Baptist Church. Preserve me, O God, for I take refuge in you. I said to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good besides you. As for the saints who are in the earth, they are the majestic ones in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those who have bartered for another God will be multiplied. I shall not pour out their drink offerings of blood, nor will I take the names upon my lips. The Lord is the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You support my lot. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Indeed, my heritage is beautiful to me. I will bless the Lord who has counseled me. Indeed, my mind instructs me in the night. I have set the Lord continually before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will dwell securely. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to undergo decay. You will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand there are pleasures forever. Therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. Good morning. Welcome to worship. We are gathered here to, to rejoice in the goodness of our Lord, and we have much to be thankful for, and it's right and good to meet um, wherever we are and just acknowledge his, his presence in our lives. So as we do, as we begin our worship this morning, let me offer this prayer of thanksgiving and praise. I, I found this, and I, I love it because it talks about the presence of the Spirit from from the beginning of time, and, and, I, and I just love that as we study the Spirit. So you follow along as I read. It says, How right and fitting it is, almighty and loving God, to give you all thanks and praise. We bless you in this day of celebration and hope for the gift of your Spirit. In the beginning, your Spirit moved over the face of the waters, bringing forth light and life. Throughout history, your spirit moved over the world you love, renewing the face of the earth. In the fullness of time, you sent your spirit-filled son to be our savior, full of grace and truth. Then you sent the spirit of your son into our hearts, teaching us to pray to you as your adopted children. With gratitude and delight, we savor these lavish gifts, confident that your spirit is the first fruit of the age to come where we will join with undivided hearts all your saints and angels who forever sing your praise. Amen? Amen. What a privilege. Sometimes the Spirit says that we need to sing. Sometimes it says that we need to preach. Sometimes it says we need to be quiet. But regardless of what the Spirit says, we need to be obedient. This was recorded a few months ago by our sanctuary choir and, and Jennifer and Seth on, on the piano. So let this bless you as we set our hearts focused heavenward this morning.
Obey the Spirit of the Lord. That's what we are called to do at all times. I like watching that. I said it in the early service. I like watching that, just watching the grins on Jennifer and Seth's face as they play. They're just playing up a storm, just grinning at you. Spirit said grin, so they grinned. And so that's... Uh, we're going to take a moment to welcome each other. Before I do, I just want to speak specifically to our, our folks at home and online and just want to tell you, um, we're all walking through this very uncertain time, and I know many of us, or most of us, last night received a text and, and not sure what to do with that text, uh, telling folks to stay home, and, and there's, there's so many questions that, that go around, but let me just say this, you're doing the right thing. The fact that you're tuning in right now with your family or even by yourself, that you have chosen to be with us um, through this worship experience is, is right and good. And so as we're speaking to, to the folks gathered here, we are speaking to you as well. And we are thankful for your participation in our worship. So, so do it with a full and open heart today. As you sing, sing with all your heart. As you, as you read and listen, let the, let the Lord lead you this, this, this morning. So for those of us that are gathered here, would you stand up and just wave at those around you, making sure you understand that we are doing this together. God bless you this morning. Hello, everybody at home. Good morning. So when you got the text message last night, the city was trying to get your attention. How did you feel? Were you anxious? Were you angry? Were you afraid? Did you feel alone? God uses the Holy Spirit to get the attention of believers. 
Remember the very first time God had your attention? When he told you that you were lost and separated from him because of sin? When he told you that you could be eternally saved and safe through a relationship with Jesus Christ? Do you remember? Do you remember the joy that came over your soul? Do you remember the peace? Do you remember the hope? I have really good news this morning. God is using the same Holy Spirit to get our attention today, to get your attention today. In the midst of a pandemic, even more, we must diligently remember and remind ourselves God's message brings the same results. It brings joy, peace, and hope. Add to that conviction, courage, mission, and purpose. Who needs to hear a message like that this morning from the Lord? Me too, me too. The promises of the scriptures are, listen, the Holy Spirit is alive and working, revealing the glory and the message of God, even today, even in these moments. The Holy Spirit is with us as we gather, both in this room and in your home, wherever you are, the Holy Spirit is with us. The Holy Spirit lives in us. We are not alone. You are not alone. You are not alone because the Holy Spirit lives in you. So with courage and resolve, we say this morning, Lord, we are trusting. Lord, we are worshiping. Lord, we are listening. Let's pray together. So, Father, would you say it a thousand ways, how good you are, how holy you are, how strong you are, that we would hear it, that it would bring peace in a time of uncertainty, that it would bring courage in a time where so many are afraid and frightened and anxious, that it would bring resolve when so, so many people are lost, confused. God, that you would bring a word of mission and purpose to us, that we would serve you and serve others around. Thank you for using this church to do that, to speak the gospel, to witness, to serve, to minister, to glorify you in this city and around the world. And so today, Father, we're listening because we believe you will speak to us through the Holy Spirit. We believe that your promises are true, and we believe that we are saved and safe for eternity. So use these moments to count for eternity because of who you are, for your glory, and for the sake of the gospel. We love you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't say it enough publicly. I am grateful for Scott Lane. <laughs> gospel in two minutes, man. That, that's that is, it's where it's at. Way, way to go. So this is the part of the service that I traditionally speak to you and ask you, are you in the Word? Have you been in the Word this week? And, and if you follow the pattern that First Baptist has established, that, that part of our daily Bible routine, it's just part of what, what I do in my Bible study, but I read the reverse text. This was the perfect week to jump in, everybody. 
I mean, I should be asking you, do you have it memorized? Do you have Reverse memorized, our one verse? But what a privilege it is to talk about Acts 1-8 today and, and to hear where Pastor Chris is taking us through the work of the Holy Spirit and how, how that just lit the fire for what we call the church. So as, as we prepare to hear this morning, will you listen and follow along as I read from Acts 8, 1 through 4? So speaking about Stephen here, Saul was in hearty agreement with putting him to death. And on that day, a great persecution began against the church in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Some devout men buried Stephen and made loud lamentation over him, but Saul began ravaging the church, entering house after house and dragging off men and women. He would put them in prison. Therefore, those who had been scattered went about preaching the word. And aren't you grateful for that? Let's continue to worship now. As I read this week and, and prepared for our worship services, I was struck again by our commission to go, to teach, to do good works in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so our hymnody today and even our anthems are specifically about that mission, that co-mission that we are on to go into all the world. So if you'll take your hymnals or, or to take your bulletins and find uh, to worship, work, and witness, it's hymn 389. We'll stand together. Let's all sing wherever you are. <laughs>
Amen. It is time for our children's sermon. And children, we're so grateful that you're with us, and we're so grateful that you can watch on TV with us. This is good. Today, one of the things that we're talking about in our text is witnessing and what that means. And just so you know, when we talk about witness, what we mean is how you tell somebody about Jesus. Maybe it's through your life and the things that you do, or it's how you speak his name and the things that you say about Jesus. And so it's important for us to share the stories and to share who he is and share his name with other people. And so for the children's time today, we've been, we want you to, to draw something because we've been so impressed with all of your artwork that you have shared through this FBC SA home worship time. And y'all put together some beautiful pictures and all kinds of good things. And today, I want you to, to pull out a sheet of paper and your pens or crayons or whatever you have. And as the service is unfolding, I want you to think about your favorite stories about Jesus. I want you to begin to just draw what those are. What, maybe, maybe it's even a story of Jesus in your own life in a time that you experienced Jesus. Or you can think back to all the Bible stories that you've learned and everything that you've ever heard about Jesus. Maybe pick one. What's your favorite story? What's a story that, that you love to hear? And maybe draw a picture of the whole scene. What did it look like? Where were they? What, were ha what was happening? And what happened in that moment that you love so much? And so if you would, take those and draw those out and let us see those beautiful scenes that remind you of Jesus' goodness. And if you would, do as we've done before. You can post those on Facebook or online and use the hashtag FBCSA uh, Home Worship. So let's pray together. Father, we are grateful for this time together. Lord, we pray that you would bring to mind every good story. Those times where we encountered Jesus Christ in those great stories of the gospel. Lord, would you bring them to mind and help, them to help us to share them clearly. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. During our study of Colossians last year, our going out song was uh, the first verse of Take the Name of Jesus With You. And I just love this refrain, hope of earth and joy of heaven. Jesus is the hope of earth and the joy of heaven. So we're going to sing that. So if you would uh, find hymn 576 and let's stand together and sing Take the Name of Jesus With You.
Fantastic. If you would, turn to Acts 1-8 or find your listening sheet. It's, it's at the top. We'll read that together in a moment. Uh, before we do, uh, I hesitate, but I am going to remind you, today is Sunday number 16, day 108. 
Are you worn out yet? Aaron is over it. You know, with, with it being day 108 and us being about over it, I do want to take a moment of privilege um, to speak to those watching by TV, and in particular, those who are watching in the hospitals today. Uh, we know that, that so many doctors and nurses and patients watch our broadcasts um, from the hospitals and from rehabs, and we're grateful for you. As worn out as we are, um, we know that you are exponentially more exhausted. And for, for all of you who are healthcare workers, we love you, and we want you to know that we're praying for you and that God is with you. And God's going God's to walk with you through this and through the, the pain and the long nights and the misinformation and everything that you're having to face. God loves you and God is with you. And, and we're going to love you and support you any way we can. And so thank you for, for watching. Thank you for being a part of the service. Um, we're for you, and we're going to pray with you. So let me take a, a moment now and, and pray for those. As we'll pray for our health care workers in Bear County. Um, ask God's grace over them, over our hospitals and, and those in their care. Um, so let, let's take a moment and pray for them. Father, we are grateful for our doctors, our nurses, our hospitals, all that help them to run and go smoothly. For all of those who, who are caring on the front lines, tending to patients. And Father, we're, we're grateful. We're grateful for their, their work and for their wisdom, and we pray that you'd be with them. Lord, that you'd protect them, that you would give them wisdom. And Lord, we pray that you would provide a cure. Lord, that it's, it's by your hand that we will be brought through this, and we pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, that you will restore and redeem. Lord, make us whole again. May your spirit descend and make things right. And Lord, for all of those uh, doctors and nurses and healthcare workers that are, that are listening right now, we pray that your spirit will be with them. Wrap your arms around them and love them and comfort them as only you can. It's in the name of our Lord and risen Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Let's turn now to our reverse text for the week. As Aaron said, this week we have one verse in reverse. So if you would, let's stand together and we're going to read aloud Acts 1, verse 8. This then is the text for today. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. May God bless the reading of his word. 
We do only have one verse today for our readings that we've had all week long, but out of that, we're, we're actually going to jump into Acts 8. Um, many scholars look at Acts 1, verse 8, as sort of an outline. It's an outline of the work of the church across the globe, and it's an outline of the book of Acts itself. And so we're going to kind of move from that work in Jerusalem, and you see the work in Jerusalem in Acts 1 through 7, and then we're going to move more towards Acts 8. And in Acts 8, you see the transition where the church begins to bubble up out of Jerusalem and begin to go out into Judea and Samaria uh, and beyond. And so we're going to be looking through Acts 8 in a moment, too, if you want to you turn there as well. And so as we do, what we recognize is this is the Word of God, inspired by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit was the one who spoke into the hearts and, and lives of believers as they have handed down this truth to us. Through the generations, thousands of years of truth handed down to say, this is the way and word of God. This is the truth of heaven out of the mind of the Creator. Hold it close and keep it with you. Keep it in your heart and know it intimately. This is your guide the work and word of God. Now, one of the men prompted by the Holy Spirit to write was Paul, or also known as Saul. He went by both names at one time or another. And by either name, he is credited with writing 13 of the books of the New Testament, from Romans to Philemon. And not only that, not only is he credited with writing some 13 books of the New Testament, essentially much of the book of Acts is about Paul. You read about him in chapter 8, in chapter 9, then you get to chapter 13, and from chapter 13 through 28, the whole second half of the book is about Paul's work and how the Holy Spirit inspired him and how the Holy Spirit picked him up and how the Holy Spirit gave him the words to say and how the Holy Spirit told him to go here and go there and how the Holy Spirit told him to run when it was time to run and how the Holy Spirit told him to stay when it was time to stay and fight. And there were, there were these cities, you read through that, that second half of Acts as, as Paul is running. You see, he gets to cities and there's times where he just runs out of town because there's people seeking to, to, to kill him. And there's other times where he just kind of hunkers down and he preaches the gospel. And it was the Spirit that was just kind of prompting him all along whether to stay or to go and where to go. And he was listening to the Spirit, saying this, saying that. It was the work of the Spirit in his life. But not today. In today's text, this man, Saul, who would later be filled with the Spirit, when you're reading in Acts 8, he is a terror seeking to destroy Christianity. Acts 8 says he is wreaking havoc on the church, dragging Christians off to prison just because they believe in Jesus Christ. You know, we, we talked a little bit about this last week, but this kind of persecution still remains today, and, and we don't need to miss it. We don't need to overlook that these kinds of things are still happening across the globe today. I mean, the worst offending countries are North Korea, Afghanistan, Somalia, Libya, Pakistan, uh, Eritrea, Sudan, Yemen, in, uh, Iran, India, Syria, and the list goes on. 
these things are still happening. And, and I hope you've heard the stories coming out of China more recently where China are dragging pastors off to prison, tearing crosses off of church walls. These things are still happening today. Christians terrorize for their beliefs the world over. And Paul, this man who wrote 13 books of the New Testament, was one of the worst terrorizers in the early church. It all began in Jerusalem. Paul was dragging every Christian out of every house he could find in Jerusalem. And see, out of this, the, the, the church began to, to do something different. In fact, as we get to our reverse uh, text for this week, it's interesting because in, in the reverse text, we, we see it starting in, in Jerusalem, and it says, you're going to be my witnesses. And God tells them by the Holy Spirit, you're going to witness in Jerusalem, and then you're going to go to Ju Judea and Samaria. And it's going to grow out of that. And where we see that happen is Acts chapter 8. As, as, as the persecution comes in on Jerusalem, and they're facing suffering and pain and terror in Jerusalem, it's, it's like they had to get out. And so, essentially, it says all but the apostles, the, the church begins to get out of Jerusalem, and they, they says in Acts 8, they go to Judea and Samaria, and they go to all of these surrounding regions, because Paul was forcing them out. The, the church was starting to flee because of the pain. And, and you see this, as the church began to flee, you see it all in that, that passage Aaron, Aaron read earlier in Acts 8, 1 through 4. As the church begins to flee, she doesn't run empty-handed. And this is one of the things that we need to recognize. It doesn't matter where the church goes. It doesn't matter what the church is facing. But the church doesn't go empty-handed, and the church does not go with an empty heart. That when the church goes, is that they were taking the Word of God with them. That wherever the church found herself, the Word of God was on her lips. And in fact, wherever the church went, whether it was in the pain of Jerusalem or if it was running to Judea, the Holy Spirit was in their hearts, and they were doing the work of God wherever they found themselves that day. It didn't matter what they faced. It didn't matter what pain they were up against. They had the Word of God in their hand and the Holy Spirit in their heart, and that's how they were going to live. That's how they were going to operate. They were proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ wherever they found themselves. They were a witness to whoever God put in front of them. You know, it's a good word for us this morning as, as we face a pandemic and as we face the pain uh, of people of sickness around us and all of these things that seem to be closing in on us. When the early church was met with that kind of pain, they proclaimed the name of Jesus Christ even louder. And their witness was broadcast even further than it had ever been broadcast before. But as we think through this, one of, one of the hard things that's been, been hard for us to think through, and it's, it's hard when you study the book of Acts, and it's hard when you're, you're facing a time of pandemic. I've heard a few of us discuss this, that fleeing is a hard truth for us to grasp. See, we like to think of the faithfulness of Stephen. In and, and, and Acts 8, 1, it, it says, you know, Saul is, is, was, was essentially glad that, that Stephen had been martyred. And a lot of us hear that, and, and we, we praise Stephen for standing up for, for what he believed in. And we, we praise him because he was killed for his, his faith. But the, but the rest of the church, they fled they were on the run, but they were on the run with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. 
You know, there are days that we need to stand and fight as a martyr. But there are also days when we need to retreat and cling to the gospel. And in fact, we, we, we sort of sink into the gospel with, with all of our might. But, but how do you know the difference? How do you know the difference between the time to, to stand and fight like Stephen or to flee like the rest of the church did? You see this even in Paul's life. We were talking earlier when he's going city to city, there's times he stays and fight, and there's other times he's let down out of the window and he just runs away. I mean, how do we know the difference? How do I know when it's time to stand and fight? How do I know when it's time to flee? And, and our study is helping us here. The answer is trust the Spirit. Listen to the Spirit. But this, the, the hard part for us there, though, is that requires a relationship with God. To, to trust the Spirit and to listen to the Spirit means you have to be near to God and trusting God, listening to God. You see, what we'd rather do is God just tell us the next five things we need to do. That way we can step away from that relationship and just go get about the business and not have to worry about God anymore. And in our minds, we just want the same answer every time. Just God give me one answer, same answer. Is it flee or is it be a martyr? Is it flee or fight? Just tell me one and that's what I'm going to do from here out. But that's not the, that's not the way God works. You see, we, we want that UPS model. Have you noticed that UPS trucks only turn right? UPS does this. They work this out with, with, with their drivers and their routes so that they don't have to turn left. And it's very intentional because left turns are significantly more dangerous than right turns. So safety measure. And not only that, a left turn, the, the company has saved millions of dollars a year in gasoline because their trucks aren't idling in left turn lanes. And so they just go about and they have their set uh, route and they just turn right. And this, this is what we want from God here. Say, God, just, just give me all the answers. That way we can just step away from the relationship and just go do, 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 and just keep, keep on going all about our business. But life doesn't work that way, and God doesn't work that way. It's, it's through the relationship with God that you'll know the right answer at the right time, that you'll know the, the, the next step that you need to take. You see, we want God to say, give me that corner, that corner, that corner. I want the next steps for the next year or the next five years, but that's not the way it works. And we're learning that right now, even in the midst of this pandemic, that we can't plan five months out. We can't plan six months out because we don't know what it's going to look like. And God's never called us to do that. He says, trust me. And come in with a relationship with me. Be near me and I will give you the next step. I will show you the, the next way forward. You see, the way this all works is, is we're, we're sort of begging God to just send us out and give us 45 right turns and we'll, we'll be back around in a little bit. But what God, God's saying is just come to me. It's almost like God's just patting the couch next to him and says, just, would you just come sit with me? Would you just, just come into this relationship with me? Because I'm not worried about turn 48 down the road, but, but what I'm worried about is our relationship. Would, would you come in near to me and be, be close to me? You don't have to worry about tomorrow. Just, just come have a seat near the Lord. I mean, how many more ways, how many more times is God going to have to show his might before we come near to him, before we come and have a seat with him? And we need to recognize this, this is what life is about. It's, it's about the relationships. This is what the first and second greatest commandments are about. This is love God. It's, it's, it's about coming in near to God and having a real relationship with God. 
And you know, this is our greatest opportunity in the time of a pandemic. We have more opportunity and more time now than ever to sit with God and, and to soak in the purity and the holiness and the wisdom and the rest of God. If we would just come in and use this time to be near him, we'd be better for it. And, you know, the same is true with, with all the other relationships in our life. If, if we would focus in on, on deep, meaningful relationships, God's doing a mighty work in that. To love him and to love our neighbor, to love our family, God's going to blossom that into something pure and holy. If we would block out the rest of this and develop those relationships, all will be well. But, you know, one of the difficulties is we're, we're mesmerized by the chaos of the world. We're, we're addicted to every terrible thing that might happen next. It's like we, we can't keep our eyes off. We're all just kind of rubbernecking in life right now. And all the while, God's just telling us, just come over, just have a seat with me. If you would just come, enjoy this relationship, enjoy the word, enjoy our prayer time, enjoy song. If you just come in near to me, I will make it right. You know, it's almost like there's this, this tornado outside. And, and instead of going to, to sit with, with our Lord and know his protection, we, we stick our, our head out the, at the front door just begging to be slapped by debris. Why don't we just sink in near to God and into the Word of God and let the Holy Spirit work? This is what the Holy Spirit does. It just comes in and reshapes our heart into something holy. And it's interesting because there, in that moment, you will meet and experience Jesus Christ and your life will be changed. If, if we would just draw in near to the Lord in these days, we will be changed. And that, that's what happened to Saul, Paul, if you will. In one encounter with Jesus Christ, he went from breathing murderous threats to singing about Jesus in a jail cell. And that, that's what Jesus does. He comes in and transforms us. And the Holy Spirit fills you with a power and a boldness to, to, to tell everybody what Jesus Christ has done for you. you know, th this is what we mean when, when we talk about witness, that you're, you're telling the story of Jesus Christ. And you're, you're also telling the story of how Jesus Christ has intersected your life and made a change. And sometimes that, that change is just that you have hope as the world is broken, that you can look with joy and look up knowing that there is hope for tomorrow because Jesus Christ is alive, resurrected, ascended in heaven with the Father. So that's what the early church began to do. So we see in Acts 1-8, they, they begin, they, they get forced out of Jerusalem, go into uh, Judea and Samaria, and then they, even further to the remotest parts of the earth. It's kind of beautiful, though, as they begin to spread in, in Acts 8, you see a couple of stories of people that were hearing this witness of the church and, and what happened in their lives. One of those, you, you see the Holy Spirit was working on Simon the Magician. So it's an interesting story in, the, in, in another part of, of Acts 8 that, that they're, they're preaching the gospel and, and Simon, the, the, the people are coming to the Lord and Simon the magician comes to the Lord. 
but, but he's not quite where he needs to be. In fact, he's still learning and still growing. And it seems like he has this faithful encounter with the Lord. But, but then um, the apostles come and they're praying over them for the Holy Spirit to come on all these new believers, for these new believers to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And you know what Simon the magician does? He says, oh, let me pay you for that. If I could pay you for this work of the Holy Spirit and the way you're laying hands and praying over us, if you, if you let me pay you so that I can do that, there's no telling what, what could happen. You see, thinking from, from the flesh, and from a fleshly standpoint, you think, I can buy a trick or I can buy into an organization or with the right amount of money, I can do anything. But that's not the way this works. That's not the way God works. That you can't buy God off. And the disciples set him straight. What we see in this, the Holy Spirit was at work in all of that. In fact, at the end of that, Simon says, well, pray for me so that I get this right. And the Holy Spirit's working on his life. He's, he's, the Holy Spirit's working on the hearts of these men. And so as the church is faithful just to proclaim the name of Jesus Christ out there, people like Simon the magician are coming to Christ. So there's another one. Same thing's true. This Ethiopian official further in Acts 8. This is one of our favorite witnessing stories here. This is one of the stories where we, we learn about witnessing at First Baptist San Antonio. It's the story of this Ethiopian official. And you see that the Holy Spirit's working on his heart. And the Holy Spirit's, he's reading the book of Isaiah, and, and the Holy Spirit brings Philip to him. And he says, how do I know who, who Isaiah is talking about? I don't understand what I'm reading in the book of Isaiah. I, I know God is alive. I know God is real. But what does this mean? And just in the power of the Holy Spirit, Philip is there. And in the power of the Holy Spirit, Philip just begins to tell him about Jesus Christ out of the book of Isaiah. And God does a mighty work in this. See, the Holy Spirit is, is working on our hearts and in the, the lives of all of us. And what we need to recognize this morning is, is we, we don't have to have all the money in the world. We don't, we don't have to buy into anything. In fact, we don't have to have all the right answers. Not like Simon the Magician, the Ethiopian didn't have the right answers. You don't have to have this all figured out to come to God and be saved. You know, it's, it's almost like kind of the, going back to the analogy of God sitting on the couch and saying, would you come sit with me and let's talk. There's so many of us that are trying to be so busy about other things, getting the house ready or worrying on what's going on outside, worrying on what's going on in the world. We're looking out the windows. We're trying to clean up. So I've got to get all of this in order before I come to God. There's too many other things to do before I come in near to God when God's just saying, just stop. Just come sit with me. You don't have to get your life in order. You don't have to worry about getting them in order because, one, you're never going to get them in order, and, frankly, you can't get your life in order either. Just come sit with the Lord, and He will make it right. Will, will you trust the Holy Spirit? Will you trust the Spirit of God to come on you? So this will all be made right. This, this, is, this is the work of God. He, he's... He's getting our attention these days. Are we listening? Are we developing that relationship? That's what we need to be about. Let's pray together. Lord, we're, we're grateful for this time together. We hear these stories of Stephen and Saul Philip, Simon, the Ethiopian man. Lord, we long for that to be us. 
to see the power of the Spirit in ways that we haven't known before, to, Lord, know your presence, to be a bold witness. to yell the name of Jesus Christ as we run. Or yell the name of Jesus Christ as we stand and fight. Lord, may your name be on our lips. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, may we proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. We have a time of response now. And all of us are going to respond to God in in some way this morning. So let's be obedient in that. Uh, If if you'd like to come down and kneel at the altar and pray, the altar is open. Um, I'll pray next to you. We're not going to pray face-to-face, but but I'll pray next to you and pray with you if you'd like to do that. You can stay where you are. Maybe you just need to pray right where you are. You can write that out. You can journal. You can draw an image from today's text. But however God is is moving in your life right now, commit to that. Respond to him in those ways. So let's respond faithfully and obediently unto the Lord.
In our life together now, uh, Pastor Chris is, is uh, taking the privilege to go across the street and welcome those in our, in our Logos congregation, so um, I'm going to bring to you the Life Together moments. And I just want to remind you, um, as always, uh, we're using Tuesday as our day to make uh, announcements for the, for the coming week, and we're taking it week by week. We find that that's the, probably the best course of action right now, as things right now are turning on a dime. Uh, so uh, be aware, we're very prayerful and very mindful of, of the current state of, of the health of, of the city, and so we're going to do things in accordance with that. So be looking for your communications coming from the church on Tuesday uh, to let us know what the next week will look like. Um, tonight, however, we do have an opportunity to have a church conference. We haven't had church conference in a long time, and for Baptists, that's just odd. So we, we have uh, several items that, that you were emailed, and if you didn't get that email, I would encourage you to go check, check your folder. Uh, a couple items that are very important that we need to act on, but in our church governance, we need the church to, to vote on that. So we're going to do that the way that we have met um, very uniquely the last uh, couple times we've done it, through a drive-in church conference. So you'll uh, populate the, the, the lot out here, and we'll have a, a radio station you can tune to, and, and you'll be able to ask questions uh, the, through uh, some different ways, but it'll be important for you to be here if you can if you're comfortable being in your own cars you'll be you'll be safe so i want to encourage you to to think about that so lots of things continuing to happen we are continuing to look ahead and pray for god's great leadership throughout this season beautiful flowers in front of me right here um, are given into the glory of god and in loving memory of felisa trevino uh, by rudy connie and andrew and so we we thank god for felisa um, as we are dismissed, I want to pray a word of, of benediction over you using Philippians 4-7. So we will um, hear this word, we'll sing our going out, and then we'll be seated as, as Dr. Seth plays the, um, our, our postlude, and then Pastor Scott will come back again and, and dismiss us row by row. Let's stand together. So now, my friends, I would pray that the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keeps your hearts and minds in the knowledge of God and of God's Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit will remain with you always.
First Baptist Church has been broadcasting its services of new life and historic faith for 46 years. We would like to ask that you continue to pray with us for this ministry and also for your financial support so that we can continue this ministry for years to come. Thank you.